season review show. That's what we're doing today. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Rockstone Podcast, brought to you by Tom today. And uh, my name's Ben. I'm actually yes. in the studio with you again. Uh, but surprisingly, no Max this time, actually. He's Very away sad. sick. Yeah, so a bit of a sad one for him. But rest assured, we're going to actually play a little few clips just to, I don't know, fuck with him a little bit. I mean, Mike, do you want to care to drop those right now? Yep, yep. I've got some of his uh, best bits here. So this is Max uh, saying... Max! Max. Oh, no, oh, nice. Yeah, no, that, that way his name's intro. Good. Nice. There we go. Another big one for Max here. Rocks out in. Nice. 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 Lovely. And then my favourite clip of Max from the whole past 12 months. Um, there we go. Smashed it. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a signature rum, to be fair. He's like um, he's in the room. He's like he's um, in the room. Rocks out in. I like his rocks out in, to be fair. Well, that feels like that's an old school rocks yeah. in as well. That must have been from back in the day. Do you know what? It was only from a couple of weeks ago, but oh, anyway. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Fair. <laughs> well, can you queue it up again? Put the rocks in again. Ready? Three, two, one. Rocks out in. Rocks out in. Rocks out in. Okay, so in this episode, we're going to take it. Can you not, actually? Tom's currently got his crotch looking at me. I can't take it. Turn, turn away. So I've never actually sat uh, on the same side of the podcasting table with you because normally Max sits here. So yeah, well, it's I'm intimidating. The power stars. It's intimidating. Okay, I'll move to the side. Um, so we're going to take a look back across the across the 22-23 season. Uh, we're going to be reminiscing on all our favourite funny moments alongside discovering what the fastest course in the world was uh, and uh, how much the average athlete has actually improved uh, over this season compared to the last. And we're putting Sledgate to rest as we answer, do sled times actually differ depending on continent. You sound like Jeremy Clarkson for some reason right The now. best sled in the world. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're really channeling <laughs> the Top Gear energy. Um, let's get into it. Let's do it. So, Max may not be here, but we are fortunate enough that we've got an even more capable presenter uh, joining the ranks this episode. It is Greg Williams from the one and only Rocks Life. Greg, how's it going? I'm very well, thank you. Very well. Good to be back. Yeah, it's great to have you back. It's been a it's been oh, a it's been a hot minute since you came on the show. Um, it was like what episode four or something? It was early, very early. But maybe, uh, yeah, maybe. But yeah. we've obviously been on twice. Oh, you've been on twice, yes, because we had another episode with you as well. Um, <laughs> I love it when the and this is the third time. Third time's a charm. But um, this time, Greg, because we've got our house in order. Mikey's keeping us in check. Um, it is uh, would be criminal of us not to enter you into the quickfire question rounds. So um, I think that's how we're going to start this this episode. Uh, so quick question, Ben's going to yeah, start. Yeah. So to kick us off, uh, first question, we want nice snappy answers. What's an everyday item you can't go a single day without? Uh, dark chocolate rice cakes. I'm obsessed with. Boom. Like, I think they're the most underrated food ever. The prep ones or or other one or, or specific <laughs> specific brands. Hello. Callow, yes, they're good. I like those. Where, where can you get them? Everywhere. Waitrose. Ooh, just not Pratt, because Pratt have their own ones. Uh, okay, uh, next question. In a feeling, describe the season, the last season of High Rocks. Mm, exciting. Exciting. Mm. That was an exciting response. Ben. <laughs> <laughs> what world record do you think you'd have a genuine chance at setting or beating? I, uh, I, th- I thought about this because I've heard you ask this before and it always <laughs> reminds me when I, was, when I was a kid, I read the Guinness Book of Records and there was this guy that had stacked seven golf balls on top of each other. Oh, and I, oh, wow. I remember like trying for ages to try and break it, but I only got to three. So no, Mate, that's, that's not that one, basically. I'm kind of, I'm kind of keen to give that a go, to be honest. 
Three is very impressive. I remember doing mm. that, um, trying to get that in lockdown as well. So you're not going to try and do uh, that as the record. Which one are you going to try and set? Uh, I, I'm pretty good at eating. Like, eating competitions, something like, yeah, dark chocolate rice cake. Dark chocolate rice cake. <laughs> nice. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay, like that. Um, and if you could share Chicken Boona uh, with any sports person, dead or alive, who would it be? Uh, David Ginola. I used to go and watch Tottenham. I had a season ticket at Tottenham, and like, he's the most amazing player I've ever seen. So, him. Fair. That, that is a confident answer. Sounds like a, sounds like you, you do want that chicken booner with him. Um, so finally, uh, would you rather uh, do two Hyroxes back to back? I'm probably pretty sure you've got that in your locker or one Hyrox, but you can't take your shirt off. <laughs> two back to back. I just get so hot. I was going to say this. Greg, you, when I interviewed you at London, I was impressed that you had like a low key. You were enamoured was the word that I was, you used. You had a low key like mega bod, um, <laughs> which I not I didn't expect necessarily because I'd never seen you obviously with the top off, Greg. Um, not that I'd thought about it at all, but when I did interview, I was like, fucking hell, Greg is pretty wham. So, you keep digging, mate. Um, you keep digging. Yeah, hats off to you, Greg. Shirts <laughs> off even. Well, I think congratulations, Greg. And besides picking up a big fanboy over here, I think you've passed the Rock Zone uh, podcast initiation, the formal one at least. So uh, you're in for the rest of the episode. Apart from the fact that you're a Tottenham fan. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so Greg, you're a content creator and a podcaster like us. But I think, yeah, well, we wanted to start maybe with, uh, I guess, some of the most memorable moments of the season that we've just gone through. Um, it'd be great to hear some of, some of those moments that you've got. Yeah, I, I feel it's, I've, I've been writing an article like the past couple of days on this. There's, oh, there's nice. some that spring to mind. Mm. I think I think one is um, Hunter's world record. Mm. Uh, obviously, we're recording this just after Manchester, where he's won. But I think the his world record in Barcelona, where like he came back, he's like ten months away from the sport. Everyone's like not sure what sort of shape he's going to be in. How how good will he be? In reality, like no one had got that close to his world record yeah like, you know the, the overall standard of the sport improving world records getting smashed left right and center mm. but his one like largely untouched and then and then he comes in and beats it that's like pretty amazing really i i agree i think for me that was my one of my standout moments was watching that live stream of them running around chasing him with a little steady cam and just seeing like how much in the oh, how in the zone he was and the lunges and the, the determination on his face and it was really interesting to actually hang out on an online community for that um, for that stream as well because there were so many people that were drawn into oh he's going to break the record he's going to break the record it really felt like there was a, a sort of a moment of all the people from Hyroxes around the world wanting to come together and and have all eyes on look this is a this is a key thing that's happening in our sport right now yeah. Hundred percent, and on the live stream, you could also see the atmosphere in the venue as well. So, like around the yeah. walls, for example, just hundreds of people filming it, knowing that they were witnessing something special. Really, yeah. Um, it, it, it felt like at the time, probably like Manchester is probably top that now, but the atmosphere at that race was probably probably topped any mm. any other high mm. event. I would say. Mm. Speaking of live streams as well, you—it's only apt that we mentioned that you actually covered covered worlds, mate. You were you were there commentating the whole thing. How did that go? It went well in the end. It was terrifying before, <laughs> to be honest. Like just not knowing exactly what to expect or anything like that. But it seemed to go fairly well. You know, I, I did it with E Rock and, and and Lauren, who were mm. fantastic. Like they're pros mm. to, to do it alongside those, and um, made it much easier. But yeah, it, it went very well, and I think it's. 
like we talked about the live stream for, for Hunter's mm. um, record, and it's something that a lot of the community are crying out for, like that regular live stream for those events, because mm. there are people that want to watch a lot of them, and I know it's hard to put on, mm. there's a lot of cost to it, but but I felt like they did, did a really good job with the Manchester one. Like it obviously took a lot of investment to do what they did, but um, I think it was worthwhile. Mm, yeah, well, 100% worth it, and uh, I think you, you made it extra special as well. Bringing the stats, bringing the, yeah, rapping, the information, wrapping the, the wrapping the rock zone, or rock the rock zone, wrapping the high rocks kind of content creator, yeah, community man. It was awesome. Um, okay, so the hunter breaking the world record is a is a is a standout. Any other standouts for you? Uh, yeah, there's, there's there's some others. I think Lauren's performance in Manchester was another standout. Yeah, mm. like she knew she was going to be in a race really with Megan and I interviewed her recently and I said like the word of the day seems to be relentless. Anyone that talked mm. about her performance, it was just like relentless. She'd come out of the stations and she'd be like sprinting mm. and to lead from start to finish 10 months after giving birth as well is unbelievable to be honest. It's second woman to break 60 minutes on that grid, on that four lap mm. course. Mm. So that was that was another performance that I think stood out. And if we if we're talking about like the elite performances of the year, like Hunters and hers are the ones that spring to mind for me. Mm. Um, Tom, you you do you have any highlights that spring to mind? My highlights, I, I've packaged my highlights into three topics. Oh wow! One is my venue nice. highlights or my f- venue memory. Another is my food memory. And then another one is the community memory. Okay, so, so I'll rattle through them. I'll take a slightly <laughs> different approach to you guys. I think for me, the venue memory, I've got two. One was Glasgow because Ben posted his best time. So I was glad I went up there and it was cool to go to Glasgow and see everyone actually like, weirdly, everyone was more tanned in Glasgow than anywhere else I've been. <laughs> a lot of tanned tan people there, uh, given it was like February. Um, but it was a cool place to go and I really enjoyed like the fact that we went up to Scotland to see a High Rocks. Um, so that's probably one of my venue mems. And then also the fact that we went had it at the London Olympia it was just awesome with the having light in, mm. in the in the mm. venue was quite cool for me. Um food memory has to be burgers post world championship Ooh. race at uh, in Manchester. And then my community memory would have been just interacting with every single person that we spoke to at the events that like said they listened to the show or had some sort of like you know funny reaction when it came to like one of ben's top facts like i think the community memory is like a, a accumulation of all those all those yeah. things coming together is there is there any one um, that stands out uh maybe the first time when i think it was praz that spoke that grabs us in the first london yeah. event or maybe it was birmingham i think that was the first person that actually come up to us and had said oh i listened to your guys show it would have been like five episodes in or something that was a bit of like social proof like oh shit like someone actually listens to us yeah, yeah. that was quite memorable I, I remember that conversation um what about the time that you rebranded mr High oh my god yes greg you're a fan of this i know yeah. you are because i saw your comment in one of the instagrams yeah popped up pool maybe is up there as well yeah what, do, what are your thoughts on that i love it i love it i think i think he'd much rather stick with mr high rocks but i'm also pushing pop tart pole oh, <laughs> i love it um but uh in terms of like the record-breaking year that it has been uh for high rocks expanding into so many markets i thought it only apt that i gather nice. a top five facts yes. for the season so far in review so my hands are rubbing together. Oh, I'm God. Excited. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. This is going to be something special. I have... Uh, Undersell and over-deliver, Ben. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Hit us with some magic. <laughs> so, in at number one. One. 
Within the UK this season, we have thrown war balls 0.0105% of the way or the distance to the moon. That's that's an impressive stat, actually. Do you know what that means? That's also, that's the equivalent of throwing it 13,049 times the height of the shard in London. Are we including no reps? Uh, no, we're not including no reps, so probably an extra shard in there. An extra shard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I'm actually genuinely, genuinely impressed by that one. Okay, that was good. That was good. I'll give, that, I'll give you that one. Right. Fact number two. Two. At the UK events, the athletes, they ran a total distance of running 4.2 times around the circumference of the earth. (laughs) Great. (laughs) You're getting really into the numbers on these. I was literally, I was there. That's a shitload of running. Yeah. Either my math's really bad or... If Great. anyone wants to call me out online, please do. I'd love to. I'd no, love to I hear think that. These are these, these are going well so far. <laughs> right, in for number three. Three. Over the course of an average race, a single strip of sled push carpet has the equivalent weight of an adult panda dragged over it two hundred and eighty times. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? Hey, it's a good fact. I don't quite understand it though. Imagine taking so, a baby panda, dragging it across, like so. I, I so basically, what you're saying is the sled weighs as much as a baby panda. Yeah, basically. Okay. <laughs> you really has, overcomplicated yeah, no, that but, one. Yeah, and it also like over the course of a day, on average, each strip experiences like being pushed on 100, uh, 280 times. Um, so the uh, the next one. Four. If every athlete in the UK, Germany, US, and Spanish races went to the toilet before their race. It would have weighed the equivalent <laughs> of two Asian elephants. <laughs> Is he, are we counting toilet as number two? Yeah, so okay. it actually went for a poo. That, I'm basically averaging everyone has a, around a 150 gram uh, <laughs> poo. That, that, that's, the, that's the maths on that. But... Um, <laughs> That's a lot of shit. Yeah, just like my facts today. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right. Final one, and then this painful bit is over. (laughs) So, final one. If you took all the patches given out uh, within the UK, US, Germany, and Spain races, um, you could make enough blankets uh, to cover 71 and a half king-size beds. Roughly a hospital. um, For all those doms. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Jesus Christ. That was, um, I don't, don't know how to feel about those stats. <laughs> what do you mean? Greg, how would you rate those stats? They were mildly interesting. That's a good, mildly interesting, I think, is a great way to describe those. Fair. I can put that on my LinkedIn then. <laughs> um, brilliant. Right. So we've now heard these fantastic stats, um, and I now can't unthink of sleds as pandas. Um I think it's time we went into some real data. So, shall we get a little sexy with science? Oh, yes. Okay, okay, okay. So, even though Max isn't with us uh, for the episode, he has been working diligently with our resident scientist, Nathan Petrie. Shout out. Thanks very much. And they've been sending us, um, I guess, some pretty good stats from across the season, right? Uh, So, why don't we get into them? Yeah, this is. I think this is where we uh, we invite uh, producer Mikey to uh, to share some knowledge with us. Yes. Okay. So the first question we wanted to know was, what was the fastest venue across the season? Um, it turns out that Bill Bauer was the fastest for men and women in all age groups in the open categories. So it's eight minutes quicker 
as a race in Bilbao. What? What? Eight minutes. On average? Per On average, it was eight minutes faster. That's wild. Um, Frankfurt, though, was the top in all of the divisions. So uh, so it's kind of like, yeah. if you look at a race as a total, Frankfurt was also a fast mm. race as well. So that's where um, Thiago Luza got one of his uh, yes. amazing yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. new race yeah. there, didn't you, yeah, Ben, we've... with Eddie and Max's brother, right? Yes, yeah, race there. And it, it, it did feel like a fast course, actually, that as well. There was, um, I think at the time, we talked about carpets as well being a factor in all of that. Yeah. Um, course well laid out? Was it like an empty yeah, they, room? They, or well, they what, Why do you think that was? What was interesting was they had the burpees in a straight line. Uh, it was a four-turn four course. Uh, sorry, like, well, the laps, typical corner. There was no sort of chicanes. Uh, the burpees were a straight shot. There was just a, there wasn't like a hairpin on it. Uh-huh. Um, and I do seem to remember that there was, uh, I think it might have been the point in the season when the carpets did get refreshed uh, mid-season. But... Um, I think we broke that story and then we didn't chase it through because we didn't want to make a song and dance about it. Like we always say, it's like you're racing the course. It's not about picking the venue based on the time. I love the way you said that because basically we're going to get to that in a minute about carpets and everything. So yeah, so yeah, so uh, Frankfurt was actually five to six minutes faster Mm. overall, again, across compared to the average as well. So what was the, do we have, do we have the, oh, we we know the fastest of Glasgow was the fastest in the UK. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, one thing with all this like we have to remember is it, 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 it's down to the standard of the athletes on the day as well. So it's not always just sled or course layout or whatever. It comes down to the athletes. And I think, like I personally think the standard of athletes in Spain is generally very high. Like you, mm. you can look and see that the Spain courses are generally quicker. And maybe there's reasons for that. I don't know. But also like the, the athletes are just yeah, very yeah. good there. And I have looked before and you can see like when Spanish athletes compete elsewhere mm. like outside of Spain, like their times are still very good. So there's that there's that element that, mm. that comes into all this as well. Yeah, I agree. I think it's the, my personal view is that it's like, it's very much a product of like the nation, like different nations have different sort of um, tendencies in like their health and routine and things like that. Like I think that's probably the biggest factor that plays a plays a role in calculating the average because like if you have a faster carpet okay it's going to take six seven seconds off maybe two minutes like if it's ridiculously something's gone wrong but if you're looking at a difference of what eight minutes Mm. like i'd struggle to see that taken up in kit i don't know like because that's touching multiple different exercises to take time off of them. I think there's so many variables to it really ultimately so like it could even be when the race is in the season Mm. it could be uh, the, the layout it could be as Greg said which athletes turn up and everything like that mm. you know you get a bunch of elites turn up of course it's going to be a fast race yeah, yeah. Uh, and then of course yeah, yeah the course itself mm. there's a positive correlation then with being tanned and running a faster race yeah 100% because Glasgow and photos fast as well. they're all tanned <laughs> yeah Spain they're all going to be tanned anyway and they're on average faster but then Frankfurt's the outlier I don't know where that, that's come from mm, who knows on to the next one <laughs> <laughs> so the next uh the next stat we looked at was the average athlete's performance over the season has it improved mm. the answer is there is no clear indication that people are getting faster over the season which is really interesting really yeah i know so um looking at all the average times yeah. across the season they vary wildly but greg i noticed you you put up a, a post the other day didn't you saying um the world championships 
everyone got faster in their age group. If in order to win, you had to run faster than last year. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite significantly in, in some age groups. Yeah. Yeah, it was like literally minutes faster in pretty much all of them. I think wasn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, there was one like the men's thirty to thirty nine or something like that where where it was slightly slower, but otherwise it was it was um, it was faster in every age group. Yeah, and I think like that that one anomaly was because it had previously been won by, it might have been like David Magida, who was in the Elite 15 this year. So, you know, that, but yeah, minutes faster in, in pretty much everything. Is that because there have been more, there's newer athletes that are entering I was going to well, say, or? this is what I think it is. It's that it's become a bigger sport. Mm. More people are coming. There's more, you know, first time. Therefore, there would be more um, variation to yeah. it all. So yeah, the top end is getting faster. That's mm. an absolute fact because literally yeah. we've had world record after world record broken this year. Mm. You know, the women are going mm. under 60 minutes, which is amazing. Mm. So yeah. in order for it to be the same, yeah. it must be that there are more athletes coming in, which is just yeah, yeah. fantastic for the sport, I think. Definitely. And the fact that the sport is attracting athletes that are really big profiles in their own right in different disciplines as well means that we're seeing like skills translate from, you had crossover with CrossFit, but you were getting more of those athletes come in now as well. So yeah, it makes sense why the, the top end is is really kicking up a notch. When you said athletes coming from different sports, I was like, have any famous athletes from really famous athletes from other sports kind of dive like what was that Red like Bull crossed guy? into crossed into in, in, into hierarchs yeah greg's got something i know you have <laughs> the, the the one that springs to mind is eve muirhead who is uh, a gold medalist in curling for the uk cool um, what this, she she competed in rotterdam and i know she qualified for world championships i'm not sure if she competed actually but she she qualified there um so she's the one that springs to mind mm. And then obviously there's Mo Furster, who's yeah. a big gold medalist in, and he competed at the Worlds as well. Yeah, um, yeah, because yeah. there's some the Adam Collard as well. You're getting celebrities now doing. Mm. Like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. he's good Why as well. He's, he's really, really good. good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, running with Jade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he did um, men's pro as well in the World Champs. I think he came. He came pretty mm. fast. He was high up, definitely. Wow. Yeah, he's built for it as well, though. He's, he's like, got that, that he's like six foot ten and yeah. looks great with his top off. Yeah. Perfect high rocks racer, isn't it? High rocks racer, celebrity, everything like well, exactly. Tanned. tanned as well. Tanned. Yeah, you're right. Tanned. He's you're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> God, this is taking a turn. This conversation. Oh God. Uh, okay. We got any, any more uh, stats? <laughs> yeah. So the the final stat uh, we need to talk about is Sledgate. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of the USA athletes they've suggested that the sleds are slower in the USA compared to Europe. So we wanted to find out across the season. Average all the races out. Are they telling the truth? Mm. The answer is across all divisions, the sleds in the USA are 20 to 25% slower than the rest of the world. Woof. That's mad, isn't it? Woof. Okay, hang on. Let's, let's, take, a, let's take a second on that. So do you want to know that more in time? Yeah. yeah. So they're saying roughly it's about a minute slower on the sled pull and the sled push uh, in the USA, slower. So anyway. slower in the USA. What, what? What? Can we get any more context on how that was calculated? I believe they took all the times, yeah. they averaged them out, and it yeah. was a minute slower. Fair enough. So there we go. Uh, and then in the doubles category, it's slightly less. 
just slightly less. It's 40 to 60 seconds slower in the doubles category. So somewhere in that range sort of mm. thing. So I think just doubles are naturally faster because you're mm. working as a team and everything mm. like that. So that's why the difference is smaller, but mm. it is still significantly slower, or at least I'd like to think it's significantly slower mm. in the USA. May I suggest <laughs> May I suggest that we all have a go at guessing the theory as to why that is the case? Okay, I've got a tenuous one. I think the US has a generally warmer climate and the sweat on the carpets causes the bottom of the sleds to rust and so the friction is high. <laughs> you do think oh, that no, as well, don't no. you? I genuinely I was, do that. I was, I, was looking, I was like, this is rubbish. And then I was like, no, no Ben believes this 100%. <laughs> oh my God, okay, okay. A rusty sled is hard to push. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. That feels like an innuendo. Yeah, anyway. I was going to say, <laughs> carry on. You've been very on. good at not giving those, not not giving us any of that stuff today. But that's um, something in there. Oh god. What What about you, Greg? What do you think? I, I, it, it's hard to know. Like they used the same make of sled this year, which they didn't do previously. Um, they got essentially the same make of carpet, but they do have their own set of equipment over there. So I think it is. It must be something to do with. Yeah, how worn either the carpet or the underside of the sled is for whatever reason. Again, like these times do come down to the standard of athlete competing and how fast they can push a sled. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure that like, the overall average the standard of athlete in America is quite as high as it is in Europe, personally. That's just like a gut feel, mm. um, just because the sport's like a bit more established in Europe. But I do think there is something to the sleds as well, and I, and I suspect it's something to do with the equipment but i'm not sure what mm. well would you like to know some extra facts that might add to what greg was just saying about the standard of athlete right okay yeah. so mm. in the farmer's carry the u.s athletes are eight to ten percent slower on the farmer's carry just in general they're also mm. one to three percent slower on the row and they're up to ten percent slower on the lunges so they're a bit slower on the other workouts however mm. they are faster mm. on the burpees and on the wall balls. Wow. That's where they that's where they kill it. Wow. Burpees but, and wall balls. Wow. Yeah. Like the, the, where, where they're slower, there's no um there's no like nothing can happen with the equipment or, or, or the yeah. judging standards or anything like that. Where they're quicker is on the burpees and the wall balls where judging standards Ooh, and the ah, yeah. yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Shots Greg fired. Out the US I, I, judges. I'm, I'm just pointing that out. I'm not saying, yeah, the subjective <laughs> element of the sport. That's so true. That is so true, though. Yeah, maybe the judging. Well, I've certainly seen the judging standards improve throughout the season. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. And yeah. even like compared to last year, they're just yeah above and uh, gone above and beyond what 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 what, what I previously saw. Mm. Um, that's food for thought. So here's a here's my theory, mm. which I think I picked up from an American. But I'm not sure if this is true, but I think maybe the plates that they use, which they stack onto the sleds, are, are different in the Europe in Europe versus the US. So the plates in Europe, we have a thinner, um, uh, but maybe a bit, a, a bit wider. So they sit lower. They have a lower center of gravity on the sled. Mm. Whereas in America, I think they have slightly thicker plates. So if you imagine that, then the center of gravity is like slightly higher up. And so if you were to push something and it was a bit and they, they, and you had like those weights were stacked up higher, you then have the center of gravity like maybe kind of off off kilter slightly. So it would make it more difficult perhaps to push and pull the sled because you'd have the weight kind of tossing and turning in different directions. I think it was uh, Meg Jacobi. Was it Meg? Who, who was it Meg that? That? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my theory is 
potentially why the sleds could mm. be slower in the US. That that was always my theory as well, because you. Of course it was, Greg. Of course it was. Just as I said it. <laughs> but, but there's a but. There's a but. Oh yeah. Um, when you in Hong Kong fairly recently, so Hong Kong used the same uh, like bumper plates as America do, and they had one of the quickest sled times. Oh my god! The, <laughs> do you remember I showed you that video? Yeah. That and that video. guy was like, it was like oh knife my god, through yes. butter. He yes. just was literally jogging with it yeah. from one end to the other. He was pushing a feather, it, it, pushing a pillow. Yeah, for, so for everyone at home, producer Mikey sent around a, a video of some absolutely like amazing athlete who looked fairly unassuming, and that's no disrespect to him, basically walking as if he was just, you know what, just pushing a shopping trolley in Tesco's. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was. So next season, we're reviewing the Hong Kong sleds. Yeah, that's the next. That's the <laughs> next continues. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it it does sound like it is a thing. To be honest, I think you know twenty to twenty five percent. That's mm. huge, isn't it? Yeah. You know, fair play to the US. Yeah. And on that bombshell, <laughs> that concludes no. getting sexy with science. Oh yeah. <laughs> what on? What are we? What are we talking about next? Uh, next season. Next season. Twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty four. That's what we're talking about. Um, Greg. Do you have any athletes that you're keeping an eye out for next season? Other than um, myself, Ben and Max and Mikey. And me. And you, <laughs> of course. Um, there was, uh, we just talked about Hong Kong, but the, the, the race in Hong Kong where Gabe Heck basically won the race and then got a minute penalty afterwards because he went out at the rock zone in or mm. something like that. Um, Rags on in. He did a time, excluding that penalty, he did a time that would have put him in the Elite 15 mm. on his debut. So... He's the one that springs mm. to mind for me. Is like wasn't wasn't the ironic the ironic thing that he went through a he went through the the rock zone in thing and it actually even added distance to his run. So he would have been even quicker if he so, yeah. if he if he did it the right way around. Plus the penalty yeah. time coming yeah. off. So yeah, just goes to show he's he's really one to watch. Yeah, and there's a there's a guy that I interviewed last year as well. I think I think it was Stuttgart that he raced. And he came second or third, mm. but he like weighs ninety kilograms and he'd run a hundred kilometers at three forty-five per kilometer oh, pace. Bloody so, hell! Like, his running ability is insane, and he did a one hundred one in the men's pro, and, mm. and, but because he was like terrible at wall balls and burpees, that he like crushed the running and the sleds. So he's got like huge potential. Like if if anyone mm. could compete with Hunter. He's, he's the name that springs to mind for me. It just depends whether he's going to come back. He's only raced once, mm. and then we've not seen him again. So uh, Sebastian Conrad is his name. So if he comes back, it would be exciting to see. I would say uh, I, I was really surprised by James Kelly mm. as well. Obviously, he was in the Elite 15, but he kind of just like got his got that last minute spot and curious to see how how he shapes, how things shake out for him next season. Mm. Especially with the... the- the, the expansion of the Asian market yeah, um, and Australia's races coming up. I think he's going to, him and his coaching business is probably really going to explode out there. So um, yeah, watch that space for him, I think. I also think uh, Graham Halliday is yeah. someone to watch. He's the Scottish guy. Mm. And I think he won, he won Manchester and then he mm. won Glasgow and he went four minutes quicker mm. in two weeks. And that was when everyone was going, oh, Glasgow's a, uh, a quick course it's yeah, a cheat yeah. and everything and he kind of got like almost his time got a little bit disrespected but yeah. then i feel like he absolutely crushed it at the worlds i think he came like sixth or something like fifth or sixth or something like that shelled down a proper ta- a good time and he's kind of like for me like got so, so, sort of gone under the mm. radar but he's yeah. well up there and i think he's only been doing high rocks like as 
well, a couple of months or you know a few months so wow. wow like if he's already elite 15 in it yeah like from january basically yeah yeah oh yeah this christmas yeah high rocks thing yeah i'll give it a whirl yeah. why not I think uh, I think he's a one yeah, to watch definitely. for next year. I agree with with what you said about Graham. He, he finished fifth. Um, he was a, I think he was doing bodybuilding before this, and like oh, not wow. even wow. Like, particularly like performance based. Yeah, and he's he's coming in. And you're right. He, he ran Glasgow. He did Hanover as well, was, was an, which was another fast call. So there was some like doubters. But so I was I was pleased to see him get fifth at the world. Mm. Um, and he said he said to me a, quite a while ago, like I'm going to break the world record. And, like, and uh, you know, a few people say that, but he, he seemed quite genuine, like, and he mm. believes he believes he can do it. So, wow. So, yeah, mm. certainly, we've we've a bit more focus on the sport. I, th- I think he, he he can be up there. That's wicked. I mean, w- turning the turning the lens back onto yourself, mate. I mean, what do you think is uh, what's next for the rocks life in general? Like, what's your sort of plans for the future? Honestly, more of the same, and just like riding the wave with the sport as as the sport grows. Really, more articles, um, more podcasts more youtube but yeah just try and just continue to put out good good quality stuff that people enjoy that help people that people find entertaining and useful um we've we've got a coaching side of the business now as well oh, uh, nice. working with pop tart falls working with our <laughs> clients so we've um we've got some some pretty amazing clients there uh, so the pop tart hasn't deterred them i'm glad to hear if anything they could probably search <laughs> them on google a little bit easier now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, get pop type pool shows the number one result in Google. <laughs> That's the goal for next season. <laughs> uh, no, so help, helping our clients, um, you know, we've got some mm. that are probably knocking on the door of the Elite 15 as well, so it'd be lovely to see those mm. get in. Um, but then, but we've also got people that, you know, just want to get down in three hours, so uh, helping those as well. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's been nice to, to add to it. Oh, wicked. Yeah. Um, oh, lovely. Yeah, some, some good quality stuff. Fantastic. Out. Where can people find that? Rockslife.com. R-O-X-L-Y-F-E. Lovely .com. stuff, yeah. Taking it from someone that we also get confusion with the uh, with names and how to spell it. It's like, this one is Rockslife, Rockzone, and then you've got like, like every every all the X's, Y's, and Z's all get confused everywhere. So, yeah, Rockslife.com. Uh, and you can check you, your yourself out on Instagram as well at uh, where? At The Rocks Life. At the Rocks Life and YouTube at the Rocks yeah, Life. YouTube, at, you know what? Rocks Life, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, but wicked. No, thank you so much uh, for joining us, Greg. Take care. We'll speak to you soon. Thanks so much, Greg. Great thank season. Thanks, thanks, guys. And finally, community questions. We asked you guys, and we always ask on Instagram at the Rocks Own Pod to share your stories with us and share your questions. So uh, we have had the wonderful Ian from UKHXR chip in with a couple of favourite experiences that he's had. Fun fact, I kissed Ian's forehead many times at the after party. Uh, Ian maybe didn't enjoy it. I don't know, but I did. <laughs> I, hope you, Ian. I hope this is the story <laughs> of his anecdote. Of what. Yeah, I hope this is, this, this is the one. <laughs> hey guys, it's Ian from the Fitness Racing Podcast. Hope you're all well. My two favourite moments of the High Rock season. From a podcasting point of view, it has been great to see the development of the UK media scene. Absolute pleasure to be a part of. Always, always. From always. a racing point of view, mm. well, London Olympia. When mm. me and the intern got through them lunges, it was great because I knew that even if it took us to midnight, 
we'd get through them wall balls and finish off that race. Right, guys? Awesome. Great speaking as always. Speak soon. Mm. Oh, I love yeah. Greg. Love Greg? <laughs> love Ian. Love Ian. Um, I just, it was so nice to hang out with Ian at the after party. Yeah. He, he's really done a service to this community, actually. He has. Like, he's the unsung he, hero of the High well, Rocks He's very community. much sung. He's the, he was the pioneer of the, the High Rocks podcast space. He is. Well, yeah, he is. Yeah. Still is. The, God, the, the podfather. The podfather. Guys, uh, keep your questions coming in. We absolutely love to hear them. Uh, so keep your DMs coming in at Pod. And that is it for this week's episode of The Rack Zone. You've been listening to us. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, remember to hit the follow, hit the subscribe, whatever those buttons are, just hit them because uh, we want you to, to keep doing that because that improves everything for us. Uh, and also it means you can keep up to date when we release our new episodes. It's like whack-a-mole with notifications. Just hit it. Any button you see, just hit it. And of course, if you want 10% discount off your next Hyrox race, then you can find that in our link tree on our Instagram bio at RockZonePod. Uh, so ready? Three, two, one. Uh, Rock zone out. Rock zone out.